Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, it's the incubation hub which we have every Monday for uh, about 30 minutes, uh, 40 minutes in fact. And we've started this journey with informal traders, both in Tswane and in Johannesburg. And just really touching base on how life has been for them, how things have been since uh, COVID-19 lockdowns and where they are right now. Many of them were expressing just major, major concerns around the fact that they just did not get the assistance that was promised to them. And really disappointed with government. We've spoken to a government official and it didn't sound good. In fact, two. Um, and it just it just didn't sound like there was a plan um, going forward. Um, Mamalula Mamali is back with us. She is the interim chairperson of the Johannesburg Informal Traders Platform and Informal Traders. She's on the line with us. Mamalula, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us again. Good afternoon. I can't hear you properly. The rain is making noise here. Yeah, Buma. Th- you know, thank you so much for talking to us, Malulama. I know it's raining. It's, it's raining here. So, what, how does the rain, number one, affect where you are trading at the moment? Pardon? Because we were speaking about some of these problems. When it rains like this, what happens to your produce? Where are you stationed? Oh, I just put a big sail. Yeah. I was just covering while we were phoning at first. Mm-hmm. I told you to hold on a minute. I was just covering my, my stuff. I'm not, I'm not selling anymore until the rain is gone. For now, I'm not doing anything. All of us, anyway, not only me. So this just reiterates, you're not under any cover when you are, where you are stationed at the moment? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Mamlulama, we decided to get somebody to try and see if we can assist you. We, we've been looking around to try and see if the city can help you. Obviously, you know our conversation didn't go very well last week. Evans Mapenduka is an executive coordinator of the Development Microfinance Association. Evans, I hope you can hear me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, I can hear you clearly. Thank you. Evans, you've done a lot of work with the sector and and you have done a lot of work specifically with funding of the sector. Just, you know, we've been speaking to the informal traders both in Tswane and in Johannesburg. They have been raising lots of concerns around the fact that they have not gotten the assistance from Small Development, for instance, Department of Small Development. They did not get the funding that was promised to them uh, as, as as informal traders, as the, as the you know, the, 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 the fund that was... Um, discussed by the president and released by the president earlier on in lockdown your your guidance for for mamlulama who is in johannesburg and says she has had no assistance whatsoever and represents many others oh it's thundering i can't say anything we're going to try and see if Mamlulama, I think go, go get a safe space and then we'll try and co- connect back with Mamlulama um, because she is really, uh, she re- literally is on the street. Evans, just your, 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 your sense of how we can assist the ladies. Okay, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for your question. Um, I think first of all, I need to make it clear mm-hmm. that I represent the Development Microfinance Association yes. uh, here in South Africa, which is uh, an association that is made up of a number of um, uh, microfinance intermediaries that specialize in funding, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, informal sector businesses. Our work is... Um, uh, more in the rural areas of South Africa 
and the townships as well. Uh, Our membership actually covers almost the whole country, Mm -hmm. except maybe for the Free State and uh, the Western Cape. And we are actually planning to uh, go there as soon as we can, uh, funding uh, allowing us to do that. Now, coming back to your question, I I think that, you know, um, the, the, the nation was not really properly prepared for the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, everybody went into panic, you know, mode, especially our government. And they made available a lot of money that was really supposed to get to the informal uh, traders and other informal businesses. But the challenge is that when the government made that money available, they did not take into account that they are structured in South Africa through the microfinance intermediaries that understand the informal sector terrain, that understand the uh, informal uh, uh, businesses and, 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 and traders, you know, um, you know, intermediaries that have the infrastructure to reach those businesses very quickly and very efficiently. And so the government decided to um, disperse the, the, the available funding through its own structures, such as uh, FIFA, for instance, but, and, you know, the commercial banks in South Africa. But Evans, how is it possible that the government does not know that there are partners like this? Because the Ministry of Small Development surely deals with you a lot. Well, you know, they do know that we do exist. But I think we have been having some running battles, if you like, mm-hmm. with the government in terms of um, understanding each other as to what value we actually provide uh, to, 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 the, to the economy, particularly among the informal sector you know, um, uh, 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 populations. Now, we, of course, are recognized in the sense that a lot of our funding comes through uh, the Small Enterprise Finance Agency, which is CIFA, which is um, an agency of the of the DSPD. So they do recognize us, but we have not really quite understood each other in terms of um, our effectiveness, in terms of um, uh, the, 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 the charges, if you like, what we charge, you know, for our services. Even though we are very compliant with the government instrument of the National Credit Act, for some reason, um, the government has not come to really appreciate that we offer our services at a fair, you know, uh, cost. Actually, not even fair to us, because we incur far more than we're able to get back, you know, from our business operations. So because of that, I understand, you know, the government wanted to do it directly through CIFA and also through the commercial banks. Evans, let's just break that down a little bit, um, break the business model itself. So these are charges that you're charging the actual vendor, or or, or do you have another charge that you're charging, for instance, the Department of Small Business Development to facilitate this this, this funding? Right, yeah. This is what we charge to what is commonly referred to as the end user in South Africa. Like interest. I'll just give you... Yes, I'll give you an example. Yes. Like, for instance, I mean, if we look at the National Credit Act, Mm -hmm. it allows us to charge interest 
of um, two and a half times uh, the repo rate plus 20%, which at the present moment uh, equates to about 27.7% per annum. Now, usually when, when one talks about interest rates in percentage terms, mm-hmm. it, it, it scares people off. But I'll just give you examples of how little we charge. If, for instance, you look at a loan, because let, let, let me just back up a little bit and say that our loans can start from as little as 1,000 rands, mm-hmm. and they can go up to 10,000 and maybe 20,000 in certain special uh, circumstances. Now, if we give out a loan of 1,000 rands over a, over a three-month period, the total interest that we charge on 1,000 rand is only 46 rand 50. So now, when somebody hears 27.7%, they get terrified. But when you actually look at, you know, um, 46 rand and 50 cents for a 1,000 rand over three months, then you begin to see that we are not overcharging. And I can even take that up to 5,000 rand in the same period, which is about 232,050. But I can understand why the government, you know, um, does not quite understand who we are. Because in this country, we have the Mashonisas. And the Mashonisas charge a lot, lot more than this. And there has been confusion in the past as to who we really are. And I would like to make it very clear to everyone that the uh, Development Microfinance Association is not a machonista and is not even related to the machonistas. Our practices are completely different. We fund only enterprises, only businesses, and we follow the law to the letter. In many cases, actually, we charge a, a lot less than what we are allowed to charge according to the National Credit Act. How do you make the distinction? So and think, how, even just, just work with me here. How, how do you decide... Because it seems to me like, you, you know, your charges fluctuate, as you've just said it. In many instances, you charge a lot less. How do you decide on that? Well, you know, generally, okay, generally, we are governed by the National Credit Act. But, you know, and, 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 and like I said, we are an association, we're a membership-based association. So we have got uh, different members within the association. Each member has discretion as to what they can charge, mm-hmm. as long as it is within the confines of the law. So we notice that for our larger, you know, microfinance as, uh, um, institutions, they actually have the economies of scale that allow them to provide discounts to some of their clients. And, 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 and because of that, they can then come in at a slightly lower rate than what the law allows. Obviously, for the smaller ones, uh, because of the cost to serve, you know, need as much you know revenue as possible in order to be able to continue to provide a sustainable service. So those would most likely be as close to the maximum that the law allows as possible. But none of our members actually goes beyond the law. Sure. And we need to understand one thing, that this law was actually enacted by you know, the government of South Africa. And so if we charge within the confines of the law, then we are actually agreeing with the regulator that did a lot of research to see how much it costs for us to serve 
you know, people particularly in the rural areas where the densities are not as much as in the, in the cities. Evans, I want to bring back uh, Mamlulama, who, who now I think has found cover. Mamlulama, are you, are you able to hear us? However, I can I can say something. However, I didn't hear a thing. It's okay. Tell me the what you want to say. The rain is heavy and the thunderstorms is very noisy. But what I can say is that I just hear that you are talking about businesses and informal traders. Uh, the thing is, nobody has ever cared about our sector, not at all. Although they always say that uh, the informal sector is one of the contributing sectors in the economy of the country, particularly those selling vegetables, because the government always says we make millions a day, but not a cent from those millions is brought into the sector. We are on our own. We are a forgotten sector. We would be happy if somebody can hear us, hear from my, my message now, that what we need is assistance to grow. We don't intend sitting in the streets for the rest of our lives. It should have been a start of doing business and grow from the street and do better businesses, which would be a legacy to our children. Now that we are in the streets, nobody caring for us. We can't even afford a living now. After this lockdown, this business is very, very, very bad. We used to make plus, minus. 150,200 profit a day. Now we hardly make 60 rand a day profit. Which is, what, what I can say is that we are using what doing the profit just to travel around. Go home, come tomorrow and hoping to make business. But we cannot. Everything is gone. People are not working at all. Those who used to be our customers are no longer here, are no longer passing by. Look, now it's raining. Nobody will pick up even one thing. I have to pack and go home in this rain. We would be so happy if somebody can say, from now, let's engage with this sector. We are a registered organization. We've got leaders from different organizations in our platform, from seven organizations. If you can try and make an appointment and meet those leaders from different organizations and plan our way forward. Financial and non-financial. We need to be trained for business skills. We need financing to go up in it. But after I've been trained in skills of doing businesses, you can hear the noise even now. I can't hear things. People are making noise and the rain is making noise because I'm in the street. I can't go and hide somewhere when you can hear me properly or I hear you properly because I'll be so even before I get to the next, next place. We before heavens can help us. Thank you so That's much. That's all that I can say. Didn't okay, hear thing, okay, but I'm just expressing how we're doing. Even now, we leave our stuff in the rain. By tomorrow, some of the stuff has to be thrown away. Particularly the soft food. It will be a second hand clothes by tomorrow. Thank you, Mama. I, know, I understand that you can't stay with us on the line. That's Lula Mamali, who is an interim chairperson of the Johannesburg Informal Traders Platform. And informal traders, I mean, that's that's the reality of, of what we, we, we are discussing. And it's, it doesn't quite land until you hear it for yourself about the real challenges on the ground. For the last time we spoke to her, she, she took about 20 minutes to get to the bathroom. 
And when we speak to the city, the city, you know, kind of dilly-dallies and, you know, yes, we are going to do something. Yes, we're doing this. Yes, we're doing that. But this is this is the reality of what's what's happening. And and Evans, I want to come back to you because I'm I'm still really battling to to grapple my head around the 27 percent. Yes, it's in the within the law. But, you know, and, and relatively to all of us, it's small money. But it's relative, you know. That's the thing about being relative. It's relatively small, but it's not relatively small to them. 27% is high. That, that, that is understandable. That is very understandable. Uh, but, you know, I want you to just think about how much you pay on a 1,000 rand, you know, personal loan from a commercial bank. Look at, you know, the, the, the total cost of that, including, you know, the deposit fee, you know, the um, withdrawal fee, and see if, you know, you'll be able to only pay 46 grand on a 1,000 grand loan. I think that's the first thing that, that, that we need to look at. And secondly, I think we need to understand that if you are going to give a 100 million rand loan, you know, um, the amount of work that you will do will probably not be as much as that of a smaller loan. But when you are looking at working with, uh, you know, informal businesses in our rural areas who do not keep any records, who actually have no standard that you can measure the success of the business, you'll find that the amount of work that you do in order to actually appraise that loan will be as much as that which you will do for a hundred million rand loan. But if you look at the return, you know, one one hundred million rand loan will give you so much money that you can pay the expenses for the institution for the whole year. Whereas a one thousand rand loan that will take almost as much time as the one hundred million rand loan will actually give you only forty six rand, which you will not even be able to use to pay for the transport to visit, you know, the business for assessment. So we need to understand that when we talk about percentages, it does not make sense. But when we talk about the absolute amount, we begin to see that what we are charging, it does not even meet, you know, a fraction of the cost that we incur doing the work that we're doing. But having said that, Mm Let me just respond a little bit to to, to uh, your guest as well, mm-hmm. if, if you allow me to. Yes, sure. Yes, go ahead, Evans. Yes, I really, yes, I really understand the frustration that she is going through, and my experience has been with institutions that lend out money, mm-hmm. and has also been with the clients that actually borrow money from those institutions. So I do understand the frustration that she's going through. Now, the issue here is, you know, she says that nobody cares about them, which is probably correct to a large extent, because, um, you know, everyone is looking to the government to do something to support them. But we as an association do care about our clients. I mean, if you look at the amount of money that is loaned to us as an association, from CIFA, for instance, it is not more than 180 million rand. But we actually disperse much, much more than that, you know, on an annual basis. Like, for instance, we have actually come to the point of dispersing 
uh, if you like, uh, more than, um, I'll just give you the amount now. We, we, we actually uh, disperse more than 2 billion rands on an annual basis. And, and that is represented by over 600,000 loans. Now, if you look at that, you know, and, and, and you see that we only get about 180 million from the government, but because of our infrastructure, because of our, you know, uh, capabilities, we are able to turn that, you know, to 600,000 loans over 2 billion. Of course, we borrow from other sources as well. You will see that we care. So if the government of South Africa would actually make more available funding to us, and also if they could make available, you know, the grants that can cushion some of our operating expenses, we can lower our interest rate and we can do more. Now, obviously, we as an association cannot do everything on our own. We need to collaborate with government. We need to collaborate with the private sector. And the government, of course, in my understanding, the Department of uh, Small Business Development does have a budget or had a budget. Uh, Remember, I'm not representing them, so I do not want to misrepresent them. But they had a budget to actually erect structures that would actually enable, you know, traders not to be exposed to the elements like when it's raining like this. Now, I think all we need to do is to find a way of collaborating and coordinating, you know, different budgets so that we can, you know, um, meet the needs of the informal, you know, businesses in the country. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, we are also concerned as an association that the government wants to have all the informal sector uh, businesses registered. I mean, that will be another challenge that our informal businesses will face because, you know, the cost of compliance is very high. And also the registration process itself is cumbersome and it's very uh, bureaucratic and it also is very expensive. So we do care, but we have to, you know, coordinate the efforts with different, you know, sectors, the public sector, the private sector, so that we can work together to help the informal businesses. The most important thing is that as we work and coordinate everything, the uh, intermediaries, microfinance intermediaries, must be recognized and accepted as an integral part of the financial system that really supports, you know, the poor populations of our country and that really helps, you know, uh, them uh, to, to, to actually escape poverty. I Evans, mean, if Evans, we had time, Evans, 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 we could just, give you stories of how people have benefited. Let, let's just take a quick break, Evans. I want to go to the headlines and we'll continue this conversation. And I'll also take your calls on 891 as well as your WhatsApps on 614 We're also live on Facebook, so do join us there. And you can also send us a tweet or you can uh, maybe catch us also on Instagram. It's at Life Happens. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, we continue our conversation. It's the Incubation Hub, and um, our conversation for the past three weeks has been around informal traders, particularly in Johannesburg as well as in Tswane. And we've been on a journey with Lula Mamali um, about her challenges and how she's going to get back on her feet. Uh, we've got another guest, Evans Mapenduga, who is Executive Coordinator of the Development Microfinance Association. Let's just bear in mind that he doesn't represent government, okay? They're a microfinance lender to this particular 
particular sector and he's just here to give us how they support the sector itself and obviously it's open for discussion whether it is the way to go and it's more than importantly it's about whether the sector itself and somebody like Mamlulama finds it useful so we've got her apparently back on the line because she does want to air her views about one or two things Mamlulama thank you so much for coming back are you are you able to hear us now Mamlula. I can hear you. I can hear you better now. Okay, you know, Evans is here representing microfinance lenders. Is is this the time to go ask for a loan where you are right now? Have you used it before? Have you gotten a loan before for your business? No, never before. I've never gotten any loan before. Do you know? I, I'm sorry. I never asked for a loan from from where from anywhere because. There are they, 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 they are red tapes in order to get loans. So most of the time informal traders don't qualify. Yes. Are you aware of the Development Microfinance Association? Do you know them? I know you know a lot of people in this sec in this in this environment. No, I'm not aware. What do you call it? They're called Development Microfinance Association. They finance never, people in your sector never specifically. Heard of it. You've never heard never of it. Never heard of it. All right. Would mm. you would you be open to a loan at this moment? I would be, but there have to be terms that allow me to make business. Mm. Because at this moment you are not making money, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business has gone down a lot, mm. a lot. I'm not even making half of what we used to make, maybe a quarter or less than a quarter of what we used to make. Mm-hmm. So uh, we would, only me, we would need loans, but we have to talk about how we pay it back, which will suit our circumstances anyway. Mm-hmm. We'd love to pay it back, we'd love to get the loan. But consider our circumstances. Yeah. Evans, let me just give you an yes. opportunity to engage with Lulama, who, who is on the line, if you have any questions for her. Right, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, let me just explain that, you know, the, the Development Microfinance Association is, is a membership based association. So the association itself does not give loans, but our members do. Yes. And some of our members are the Small Enterprise Foundation, SEF, as it is popularly known, the, the, the Siakula Fund, which belongs to the WDP. Um, we, we, we have also um, uh, um, um, the Paramani Trust, um, that is uh, headquartered in Kumalana, um, but is operating in and then, and then, yeah. So, so we've got a number of them. Uh, so the, they are the ones that actually provide loans. Mm-hmm. But the question that I would like to ask Lula is simply this: Would she be able to afford an interest of forty-six rands, you know, on a one thousand rand loan over a three-month period? Lulama? Oh, you he says how much? Forty-six rand over three months for one thousand rand. Forty-six what? Forty-six rand. Forty-six rand. But I mean, what? come again. Try explain this. So, 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 saying, people are passing by and are yes. making noise. I can't hear you. Repeat it again. How much? Let, for how much? Let, let's start by saying this. 
is 1,000 rand something that would be able to help you? Is it too little? 1,000 rand. Is it too little? Is it too much? Help us understand. You know your business more than anybody. Is it some? Is it the kind of figure that would be able to assist you? Oh my God! I don't hear you. Okay, we, we're going to leave that line. We're going to leave that line because it's not it's not working. Um, even you know we've we've heard from Lulama talking about the the kind of difficulties that they're facing right now, the kind of money they're making now as opposed to before lockdown. Are your members able to pay you back right now? Actually, interestingly, um, we, we, we did not give a lot of payment holidays uh, since we had lockdown in March. We did, of course, uh, work with our clientele just to, to accommodate them if they needed help. And we discovered that when we offered them longer-term payment holidays, many of them, if not most of them, were not quite interested. And we have registered very high repayment rates you know since march actually if you look at our performance from march to july you know our average repayment um rate was 90 between 95 and 98 percent that in itself shows that our terms actually uh, do accommodate the clientele that we work with and i think that also uh, destroys the myth that the interest rates that we are charging are too high. Uh, because most of our clients pay us on time, and uh, if they have difficulties, we are approachable. They can come to us, we can work with them, and give them more time. And also maybe one of the questions that was asked by Rulama as to you know uh, how, how quickly we, we respond to them, because she was talking about bureaucracy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Our members do not have any bureaucracy. Like, for instance, they can... You know, um, if, if everything is in place, they can actually give, let's say, a repeat loan, like within 24 hours of, of a request. So we don't have a lot of bureaucracy. We work with the communities because we do understand the communities. Our workers actually live in the communities where they serve, so they understand the population, they understand the people there, they understand their needs, they understand the challenges, and they work with them in order to help them overcome those challenges. And by the way, you know, even for that little amount of interest that we get, we offer more than just the loans. Mm. We offer, you know, savings facilities. We actually connect them to a a, a bank where they can save their money because we don't accept deposits at all. So we help them learn how to save. We actually monitor the savings and we work with them to help them, you know, do things well. We also, you know, provide a lot of other education. We do provide business advisory services, though minimally, but we also provide health education. Like, for instance, during this lockdown, you know, at COVID-19, we actually were able to work with our clients, help them understand, you know, to wash their hands, social distancing, sanitize their hands, you know, cover, you know, uh, face masks and stuff like that. And in some cases, we actually provided some of, you know, those uh, masks. Uh, not, 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 not like, you know, uh, widespread, but, you know, with whatever we could do, we actually even supplied that without shutting anything extra. So we are really community-minded and we have systems that really help, you know, um, somebody like Ululama, yeah. you know, to actually get her business running 
and, you know, uh, be successful. I want to take some calls, uh, even if you don't mind, on 891 I'll also take some WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. So Facebook, we're live on Facebook. You can send your messages there. You can also send us um, SMSs on 41391. Life Happens with Pinelo Modine. Afternoon, Pumelo. As I'm listening to the guy, how do I get hold of them like uh, <clears throat> on social media or a telephone number where we, I can reach them? Hi, Pumelo. Um, interesting topics on informal traders. Please, could you leave the contact details for the guy that I'm um, your speaker? I'm also an informal trader trading in in Cape Town, Kailicha, and it's a it's a struggle to get funding. It's a struggle to get um, easy to, to get your business going. We are currently we we have been noting down our purchases. We have been noting down our sales. We have been noting down everything that we constantly buying and anything that we making on the business. But when we go out and we try and seek funding, we we, we we're not getting assistance. Please, can you um, assist us? Thank you. Okay, we are in conversation with Evans Mapenduka, who is executive coordinator of the Development Microfinance Association. And we've been uh, in a conversation with some informal traders, Lulama Mali. Um, Evans, there, there seems to be some concern around reach. Are you reaching enough um, end users that seem to be quite desperate to get hold of, of your services? I, I will be the first one to admit that our reach is not as uh, wide as we would like it to be. Like I said, um, we actually get very little funding uh, to be able to expand our services, but we are in uh, seven of the nine provinces of South Africa. Uh, the only two provinces that we are not operating in are the Free State and the Western Cape, mm-hmm. and we are actually working to extend our coverage to get there. But I mean, you know, it's virtual times now. Does does the, you know, are you able to assist somebody who's from those provinces even though you are not present, represented there virtually? Can somebody that use a, be, a, a, another yeah. lender in another province? That might be a little challenging because we don't have the infrastructure okay. in, in the free state and in the Western Cape. Um, you know, what we can do is maybe like, you know, everyone wants to get uh, our contact mm-hmm. details. Mm-hmm. I can give them sure. our our email address. Yes. And then, you know, when we see the traction that seems to be building up in those areas, then we can talk as a membership and see, you know, what we can do. But I cannot make any promises sure. now because setting up infrastructure in a, in, in, in a new province is not as cheap Mm-hmm. as, you know, um, one would imagine it to be. It's quite expensive because um, it involves a lot more uh, than just, you know, having the own lending funds. You need to have the people that actually, you know, engage with the community. You need to have the systems that will process, you know, the loans. You have to set up bank accounts. Actually, with the bank charges, I hope that somebody from the commercial banks is listening to this. The bank charges are the third largest cost you know, for our members. And these are making it even more expensive, you know, for our 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 clientele because 
if we have a handle on the bank charges because we transact mainly in cash, then we could even lower our interest rates, you know, significantly. But, you know, when you look at the cost of the credit from CIFA, the cost of the banking, you know, charges, and then the other costs, then you will see that um, the, the, the membership are not really making a lot of money. But, yeah, like I said, I can give our contact let, details. Let, we look at the traction. We discuss it as, as a membership. Let's do that now, Mr. Evans. What, what, where can people get hold of you? Okay, yeah, the, the email address is info mm-hmm. at dmasa dot org dot za. All right, perfect. I've so that's that. info at dmasa dot org dot za. Appreciate your time. Evans Mapenduga is a co- executive coordinator of the Development Microfinance Association, and you can get hold of them on info at dma sa.org.za